Lordy Lordy, last week's show was a good one. By crikey, I didn't know what I was listening to. I was lying there on my sun lounger in the glorious uh, south of the jet stream, for those of you that follow European meteorology, south of the jet stream weather, beautiful and warm, lying, listening to the dulcet tones of... All right, Graham. The dulcet tones of Graham and the, and the delightful and the delightful tones of Rachel and, of course, uh, as ever, the laid back Corey Cannon, the the big gun of pinhole photography. Um, uh, what an awesome show! And I thought to myself, I'm going to have to really up my game coming back this week. So we have uh, we, we're going old school this week. It's just me and the boy Wonder. Um, how are you, buddy? I'm doing very well, thank you, Aid. It's great to have you back, uh, if for no other reason than it's just good to know that you're back in rainy Britain and not off having a lovely time somewhere yeah, hot and sunny. Off. Oh, we did miss you last week. I mean, obviously, I realised that the eventual polished thing that went out may not have made it sound like it, but oh, we were a flustered mess around the edges. And um, Corey was frequently questioning our ability. Well, I say our ability, my ability to do the job that I was doing. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was a wobbly ship that we managed to nail together, but it's good to have you back because I can just relax now and, and um, leave you to deal with everything. Hurrah! Excellent. So have you got any content for the show this week then? Well, you know, it's limited, but on the bright side, it's better than the Jurassic Park uh, effort that I came up with before. So, you know, it's yeah, it's an upward curve. Well, I say curve. I mean, lump. It's an upward lump. OK, well, do you know what? Let, let's let's then do you won't hear this for months anyway, but let's then do a shout out to, to Andrew Bartram and to uh, others who are following us uh, at a slight distance, shall we say, a distance of maybe six to eight months and uh, just let them know when they get to this point. Uh, this is uh, what we would possibly consider a slightly old school show now, me and you nattering away with no Rach and no guests. Uh, but to them, of course, it'd be business as usual. <laughs> Yeah, it's concerning how many people seem to be chewing back through the archives at the moment. It will do you an injury. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm particularly enjoying the people who are getting in touch via email or on Twitter or on Instagram, commenting on the old shows as we're going along because you just get these things so completely out of time. Like, what the bloody hell are we talking about on that particular week? I cannot remember. Oh, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Well, we've got some more stuff on that later. So. Oh, exciting times, Aid. Exciting times. So, so should we start with me first, then? Yes. What did you get? Because you did take cameras with you on this holiday, didn't you? I did. So, having um, last last time, if I recall, I went on holiday. I um, I got absolutely slated for shooting a wonderful family video that will um, give me memories for many years to come, decades to come, <laughs> um, and, uh, and and not taking any boring old film photographs. Um, Quite rightly so. That was back in the May half term. So uh, this time I decided that I was going to push the boat out a bit and I took my Bronica on a package holiday. (laughs) 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 Well, I say a package holiday. It wasn't quite a package holiday, but it was organised by a travel agent and we flew EasyJet. It certainly felt like a package holiday on the plane. (laughs) I, I I can't imagine that that is a camera holiday combo that has gone together often. Somebody taking the wedding photographer staple that is the Bronica with them to go and lie by a, a nice pool somewhere in the sun. Do you know what? Do you know that photograph? Uh, it's quite a famous photograph, probably shot in the mid-70s. And um, it's a photograph of Faye Dunaway lounging by a pool in Los Angeles or Hollywood or somewhere like that. Do you know that photo? I can't say it's instantly coming to mind, but I'm trying to picture it and it's pleasing me greatly. Do you know, 
you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a fine looking woman. Um, do you know, in those days, uh, actually, no, forget that. Let's start that bit again. Do you know, um, as I looked through the viewfinder of my Bronica, just doing something like taking a holiday snapshot of, of my kids in the pool, um, it brought to mind those really rich um, magazine covers or magazine spreads you know, from those times, you know, a colour film, you know, photograph with that, with the with the palette that that brings, a magazine from the 70s or maybe the 80s, um, you know, and it just, it, it quite didn't shock me, but quite surprised. It was like, oh, right. And, and, and you know, my thing about, you know, you shoot a, a, a medium format camera with a normal lens and therefore it gives you the compression that you don't get on a smaller film format or a digital format. And I've talked about that a lot, but I, I really noticed it. I don't always notice it when I'm shooting with the Bronica. I often only notice it afterwards. But this time, just taking holiday snapshots, the shorter thing that I should have done with a point and shoot digital camera, I deliberately took the Bronica. I deliberately shot medium format film and it felt awesome. And I bet they're going to look lovely. What film were you shooting whilst you were out there? Uh, Portra 160 and uh, mostly with a three-stop ND filter on it as well. Ah, smug, smug. (laughs) The weather in this country has been so awful that I feel it's particularly mean of you to keep bringing up how lovely and hot it was out there. Um, Because the thing is, as you get to close to the equator, the the light quality is just amazing. Um, uh, Oh, yeah, they're going to look fantastic. I really hope they come out well. Well, I hope Um, so. I was really trying to get... So I was shooting at noon in that sunlight at F2.8, F4. Jesus Christ. Well, that's why I t- that's why I took the uh, the ND filter. I wanted that look. I thought it through. I planned it. Go me. <laughs> that's impressive. That's about it. what what ND filter were you using? Because it must have been a fairly big lump of glass to go on the front of the Bronica. Well, the the seventy five mil lens, in fact, I, and the hundred and fifty mil lens that I have. Although I didn't really use that, I tried it, but it was just too long for the environment. Um, both have a sixty two millimeter filter diameter so mm-hmm. uh so i i just have um uh it's quite a cheapy um uh nd filter it's a three-stop nd filter just screw it on 62 mils um and it's uh i know the brand just give me a moment oh um are they called knf concept i don't know it's not one of the names i'm familiar with there, it certainly wasn't i mean i i spent all oh, the, the thick end of 15 quid on this filter <laughs> Oh, okay. This is a cheap and cheerful one then. Have yeah. you used it before? Uh, once or twice, yeah. But I think I've only used it on black and white before, mm-hmm. and so I I didn't have to worry about if it had any color casts. Oh, so this will be a learning experience. So, then. so yeah. If if my um if if my uh, yeah yeah if my photos come out all looking like they've been shot on Cinestill or something like that, then. Then I'll, I'll know I need to stump up a bit more cash for an ND filter. Um, yeah, mind you, if if it's a, a color cast, at least that's fairly easy to knock right, isn't it? In Lightroom, you can. Um, well, broadly speaking, I mean, film doesn't exactly give you you know accurate color anyway, does it? That's not why we shoot it, is it? If we wanted accurate color, we'd shoot digital. I don't know. That comes down to such an idea. Of, well, 
what even is accurate color? What are we deciding is accurate color? Are we relying on our eyes? Because your eyes might see colors differently from my eyes anyway. And if you're colorblind, well, oh. so uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the whole question of what is accurate color is such a hard one to nail down. And, and um, not something, and not one that's particularly close to my heart. I, you know, I'd far rather have something that looks nice than is accurate, but lacking some aesthetic. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot to be said for just having an ND filter. I, I, I've only got, um, I don't even know how I came to be in possession of it. It must have just been in some bag or something at some point. But I've got a, a uh, old Polaroid brand ND filter from the golden age of when the name Polaroid was being slapped on anything. Um, but I suppose at least an ND filter is um, a reasonably good choice. And it's, uh, it's a variable one. So I think it, it can go quite dark actually as you turn the ring on it i'm not sure how many stops it does but that's fine it's only it's way too small for the bronica though i think it's a 42 um so it fits that's, on that's the too small for most things well it's whatever size it is it fits on the um the x mount lenses for the fuji and things around that size so whatever Ooh, the heck size you know is. i should know the answer to that having some of those myself but yeah, you should. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But um, yeah, they are a very useful thing to have if you're ever out somewhere nice and hot and sunny or if you want to slow stuff down to get some of the, as Corey puts it, um, how does Corey put it? Anyway, the clouds whooshing past. <laughs> That's not <laughs> how he puts it. He gives it a much cooler name. But uh, um, Yeah, no, that, that, that wasn't what I was looking for. What I was looking for was just to be able to shoot uh, the, uh, uh, what I like uh, to think of as the good end of that Bronica lens. Um, yeah, but even though it was going to be broad daylight, and the other thing was, I was worried about the shutter speed topping out because the bonnies they only do a five hundredth, yeah, it's, and it's quite easy uh, when you're in proper bright sunlight to, for that not to be sufficient. So I See, thought I'll take it and I'll use it, and so I've been trying to shoot uh, really just family snapshots with it. You see, you had the exact opposite Bronica experience to the one that I had yesterday because possibly inspired by seeing that you were out and about with yours um, but I had a, a family party slash barbecue thing um, yesterday um, with pretty much all of my family in one place certainly far more of them than, than should ever have advisably that sounds be terrifying. in one place <laughs> it, was, it wasn't great it was lovely, lovely to see them all um, and I took the Bronica up with me I, I took the Bronica and I took my um, uh, myopic me camera that I've been using as well. I just thought, well, you know, <laughs> the two obvious choices. Uh, but the weather, because what I want to do is get some nice portraits of the family. And I've got this half-baked idea, which is the, I mean, that's how I like all of my ideas to be prepared, is half-baked. So my, the camera club, the physical camera club that I'm part of, sets uh, assignments throughout the year that you have to do and take photos for at a certain time and um one of the ones that's coming up that i need to have some pictures for the the subject is it's pictures using mirrors but the photographer and the camera can't be in the reflection on the mirror so that's the kind of brief that they set up so i have this idea or what i want to do i you know, everybody can take this idea and do it far better than I ever would. I'm going to throw this out there right now. But I've got this nice little mirror, and I want to get like a picture of, say, my nan 
holding the mirror and then angle it and get my mum sitting in a chair off. So it's like my nan holding a mirror, which is almost like a framed portrait of my mum, but it's in the direction. So that was kind of my idea. Um, but then the weather did what the weather has been doing all summer and it got grey and miserable and everyone just either came in or left early because it was just, and it's like, oh, I think I managed to take mm, maybe two pictures with the Bronica. Um, uh, and, and that's shooting as opposed to your portrait 160 with three stops of nd that's me with hp5 pushed to 800 uh, <laughs> trying to get it out it's like no this is too dolly for that so um so i'm gonna need to find another opportunity to try out that idea um but it was nice to get the bronica out again and uh just have a, even a brief play with it i do love that camera there's just a, it's always a treat to get it out um and it's it, it fits into that nice niche of being enough of an event that you really feel like oh when i'm getting this out i'm i'm, I'm gonna take some pictures with this because you know i've got to flick the half a dozen switches and pull out the things before i can even take the picture but it's not to the point where oh this is just <laughs> going to be such a faff this is the rest of my afternoon which is the kind of category that ronald falls into unfortunately but so how much um did you shoot did you get through a whole roll couple of rolls uh three actually wow that's a lot of shooting and that's all family photos uh yes yeah, some landscapes you know it's a, it's a holiday so think of it i guess as as holiday snapshots which i mean i i guess you could say that that camera's a bit of uh uh a bit excessive for holiday snapshots but the whole point was to, tra to was to try traveling with it which i haven't really done before and and is is it feasible um you know is it okay if you if you go for a walk you know in in warm sunshine is it is it possible for for that to actually work for you or is it just going to be too damn heavy or you know or or is it uh yeah you know, are you afraid to use it you know i mean I, for example i didn't take it to the beach um yeah and we went on a a boat ride to see some cliffs uh and and some dolphins uh, by the way the dolphins were awesome but i didn't mm. i didn't take it i figured there's just too many there's too many places on a bronica where without any kind of rubber ceiling bits are sort of pushed together and come apart you know <laughs> there's just so many places yeah. water could get into a bronica i just i, I can't do this this is <laughs> i mean you know uh it, it would just be a complete joke so um it's uh, not really an all-weather action cam, is it? Did you take another camera? Yeah, with I strapped you? it to my head. Yeah, <laughs> 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 to get some funny look. So I was like, "What? What? It's my action cam." <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see somebody skiing down a hill with one of those strapped to the head. <laughs> the uh, the neck injuries would be spectacular. Did you Did you take your little um, point and shoot with you? Uh, not the film one. No, I I took my waterproof digital one because I wanted to. You know, again, this the, that that was about you know family sh snapshots as well and playing in the pool with the kids and taking photographs underwater and stuff like that. And I just simply don't have a film camera to do that with. So, so uh, we've got a, a a couple of you know underwater swimming videos and stuff like that, um, which, uh, which are anything but art, um, <laughs> uh, but but a nice family memories to have. You see, I could have sent you one of my waterproof cameras and then they would have automatically been art aid because that's all you need is uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to be shooting it on film and it's There's, de facto art. There are just so many wrong things in that statement. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Um, I was really pleased uh, with how it turned out. Um, 
I I got quite quickly. I got used to you know sort of you know the uh, I, it, I know this is going to sound daft, but it's things like when you're traveling with a camera like that and you've got to take it apart to put it in a rucksack. What happens if the guy at security at the airport asks you to put it together to prove that it works? Um, <laughs> and actually, you know, and so there was some just real sort of tangible physical things that I just practiced on that holiday and got comfortable with. Um, mm. So that that was good. I really enjoyed shooting with it. Um, you know, even going for a walk when it was really hot in the middle of the day, um, you know, I just put it on a, a strap, uh, a sling strap over my shoulder and that worked fine. It's not, I mean, I know it's big and I guess compared to a lot of 35mm cameras, it's quite heavy, but I didn't feel at any point that, you know, it was the wrong choice. Um, so I was really quite um, quite pleased with it, the whole experience, the whole sort of experiment of travelling with it. That's great. It's nice for you to have an extended period out with it as well. And because we've talked about this in the past with various different cameras and it can be difficult if you're only picking it up every now and again, shooting a few frames, putting it down and you, you just don't get to that level of comfort with using it. Um, and to actually spend a few days and get through a few rolls, I'm sure by the end of it, you must have felt a lot more confident with what you were doing with it than you were at the beginning of the holiday. I mean, yeah, we've talked before about um, how many ways there are for a Bronica to stop you from taking a photograph. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there are so many slides and buttons and knobs and, and it just, and, and, um, you know, uh, you, you and I have both talked about how we fall foul of those things quite frequently. Um, it was <laughs> nice to get to a point where, I developed, uh, you know, a way of working with it. If that's not too dumb a phrase, uh, that actually I could be confident that when I pressed the button, that actually a photograph would be taken. And I, yeah. I suspect a lot of our listeners are just listening to us going, "What?" But you know, anybody that's tried a Bronica knows how you have to, you know, just how many different ways a Bronica can stop you from taking a photo, and it's always at the critical point, and you're just like, "Oh God." I think I could probably, you know, put together a series entitled Five Seconds After the Decisive Moment. I mean, that would definitely be very easy to do with my Veronica. Like, uh, okay, and smile and... Oh, hang on. Oh, wait. Oh, no, I need to turn this one. Wait. Now smile. Click. Um, yeah, that's that's a good popular thing to do. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, and it was nice. And, uh, it, yeah, it was nice to do that. It was nice to be out in the sun and take photographs in the sun. I mean, how often do you, do you need to use an ND filter just because it's sunny in the UK? I mean, yeah, never. That, yeah, yeah. So, so, so that was good. So, taking photos in a different environment. I mean, I did worry a little bit about the film frying. <laughs> it's like, mm. don't want to leave it outside in the sun um because uh, you'd turn that you'd probably end up just with a, a puddle of different types of plastics with some you know arcane you know metal knobs in it um did but, you have to did you have any problems storing the film whilst you were out there or was there a little fridge you could shove it in or did you not worry too much about it oh well i mean we were in a self-catering place so i just put the film in the fridge perfect uh so that that was no bother um i uh, on the way out i mean the whole traveling with film thing is something i'm getting more comfortable with as well because i've done a bit of that this year so uh i had i think i i took with me three rolls of portrait 160 two rolls of fp4 so nothing fast 
and uh what did I, yeah i i i did uh at gatwick on the way out i said oh you know i've got some film and the and the guys go oh yeah no don't worry it's all film safe now sir no problem at all and i just thought oh, do you know what I can't even bother to make a fuss about this. I've travelled enough with low-speed film now that I'm confident that you can put it through four or five machines and it'd still be fine. So, you know, I, I, I've sent them off to the lab um, and I'm pretty confident that there's going to be no sign that these things have been through two airport X-ray machines. Um, I'd be very, very surprised having having travelled through more X-ray machines with film that is twice the speed and had no effect. I'd be very, very surprised if there's any impact on this stuff. So yeah yeah so oh yeah it is it's a good good shout actually about being comfortable with stuff yeah comfortable with the camera comfortable with traveling with film comfortable with you know just just general stuff like that it's it's all good practice yeah it certainly is it certainly is getting used to our, our favorite cameras it's always a good thing I, I well when the sun comes out in this country my bronica is now it's um sort of been put into the active circulation <laughs> part of my house by which i mean the middle of the floor so it's there ready to be used i actually think it's still in the van <laughs> that's how ready it is to go it's in the van cock locked and ready to rock i'm not sure your bronica should be in your van i've been in your van it's quite a scary experience ah, probably not the spiders will guard it though so that's all right yeah i tell you what though the other thing that occurred to me is that we we talk a lot on this show at least we have done in recent months about all sorts of you know i don't know let's call them alternative photography tools or or processes you know last week i really enjoyed listening to rach last week talking about how to make a cyanotype oh yeah uh, i got about three words into it before she lost me completely but that's a reflection on me (laughs) not on rach yeah yeah. (laughs) but the uh you know we we do get feedback as you know sometimes from from listeners saying can you just do a good camera show please like not not about cameras that you've broken or or cameras that are toy cameras or pinhole cameras can you just do a show about good cameras and i and and the bronica is definitely in that good camera category it is it it is a a, it's it's a really really capable camera and it's a joy to use and what you get out of it is just awesome yep couldn't agree more said he safely before his film comes back from the lab and he has to show anybody (laughs) (laughs) well we'll be waiting with bated breath mate There you go. That was a little bit more than a, a quick update on my uh, on my my week away from the show and what I what I did on my holidays. Um, but uh, yeah, there's something going on in the Oxford region for us to talk about as well, is there? Yeah, there is actually. Um, I got an email come through letting me know about this. So this is I've talked a few times about how um, you and I first met during. Um, the photo oxford event which was in 20 when was that a 2014 i lose track of time now i think it was 2014 mm, or fif- 14 or 15 i don't know myself actually it, anyway it was a while ago um and a this match was an event made in where, heaven exactly um and that was where they had various exhibitions going on from different artists um different photographers all around oxford in galleries and cafes and 
you know, all sorts of different places. Um, and they are having another event, um, which is wonderful. It's on a smaller scale than the last one was. Um, they have uh, got um, uh, how many experts? So they got one, two, three, four, five six exhibitions going on um which is uh, you know quite a lot less than last time but that said um these are some really good exhibitions uh, they well they look really really interesting um so you have got um an exhibition um called on the russian criminal tattoos a lexicon of crime by sergey vasilev and arkady bronikov these are um photos of russian prisoners tattoos taken around the mid 1960s and 1980s um used by the police to identify them um so, you know they could track them down afterwards so you know a really interesting topic um there is uh, taking off henry my neighbor uh, by american vessels vessels i don't know nuclear vessels uh, apologies um which is i'm i'm reading from the photo box website here um it speaks of a failed marriage sexual frustration and voyeurism on the part of an individual who photographed his spouse and used in various states of undress he amassed a collection of more than 5500 photographs which he carefully catalogued labeled notated and cross-indexed resetting the boundaries of the personal and private uh, again, that looks just it looks like a, a very different photo um, project from anything I've ever seen. Um, Edgar Martin's uh, Siloquies and Soliloquies on Death, Life and Other Interludes, a uh, poignant study that proposes to scrutinize, expose and hold intention. Um, many of the contradictions and problems inherent in the depiction on death. That's a long sentence with lots of long words in it. Um, and, I, I love a good um, artist statement. <laughs> yes oh they they are always good that, that, um, that doesn't sound like one though <laughs> no. <laughs> well yeah I, i've read worse this evening um you've got uh aaron williamson and kate mahoney um people's project um which is uh, a collaboration between photo oxford uh, and the school of arts at oxford brooks and i would say the headline um exhibition is by a name a lot of people will be familiar with and that's martin parr um, who's um, uh, bringing together newly produced work shot between 2014 and 2016 um, on Oxford. So um, I'm, I'm certainly familiar with Martin Parr's work from Instagram and from all the other places where I've been lucky enough to enjoy it. He, his work tends to take a sort of very wry look at the world he's in um or whatever country's in there's lots of work from britain seaside and but all over the world as well hasn't he Adrian? i know you're a fan of his work i am yeah absolutely so um yes so this event uh promises to be really interesting so those exhibitions are, are going on in different locations around oxford um well worth a visit they're going on from the 8th till the 24th of september um and there is a um on the Thursday, there was a symposium and you've got actually a lot of the artists, um, like Martin Parr is talking, there's a lecture from, uh, here we go, this is a good one, uh, a lecture from Professor Val Williams on the practice of reconceptualizing photographic archives. So that sounds like it be pretty good to listen to. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so that's going on Thursday, September the 7th at the Bodleian Library in Oxford. And then the exhibitions open on the Friday, the 8th of September. Um, 
go to the photooxford.org uh, website to find out more details um i am certainly planning on going and seeing some if not all of these um and if i can i might even try and arrange to do uh if we can sort out a day i know that hey, maybe you might have time to come up and visit to have a look at some of these but um uh i said it's going on for a couple of weeks so maybe over one of the weekends whilst that's going on um perhaps try and have a little impromptu get together in oxford because it's really close to me so that's where all meetups should be not in london and not in liverpool um <laughs> yeah I, i'm i'm really it's always great when something interesting comes right to the doorstep i love and it I'm, i love it when somebody from the sticks refuses to travel more than about five minutes from their house when the rest of us travel hundreds of miles every day how dare you call Oxfordshire the sticks? Do you have any idea what county you're talking about? This is Oxfordshire, where all the intelligent people live, and me, doing their gardens for them. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It's, it's a shame it's not quite as broad as the last one was, because there were so many artists in the last one. I think there was about 30 different um, artists displaying work around the city then. Um, so this is much smaller scale, but that said, the quality of the work does look really interesting and, and obviously i mean a lot of it is shot on film because of its age um but a lot of it isn't but it's still it's going to be great photography um uh, and should be really interesting so um yes check out the website and if you are interested in meeting up uh on one of those weekends let me know and let's see if we can get something organized maybe for um something like the 23rd of september or something like that i'm going to throw that random date out there and um, let's see if we can pull something together. So I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm very good at organising things. So, yeah. Uh, is, that, 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 is, that, is that what your mum told you, was it? That you were very good at organising things? That is the opposite of what my mum told me. <laughs> but <laughs> I assume that she's a big old liar. <laughs> I wondered where you were going with that then. <laughs> I, I did. Uh, she yeah, does listen to the off. show. She does listen to the <laughs> show. Or does she still <laughs> listen to the show? She used to. She did, she did. I think she's given up. I think she's realised that there's just too much knowledge here for her to gain and she's too old to take it all in. So. Did she not have the stamina to get through the first 50 or so really rubbish episodes to the really golden stuff that we're <laughs> producing now? Is that what this is? This is the golden age. Uh-oh. Rage, come back. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's that. That's that. I did want to say, whilst we're on the subject of... Um, things going on um but specific specific specifically related to us we need to start thinking in very serious terms aid about wrapping up the cheap shots challenge because oh, it's oh yeah it, it has now dragged on for a suitably over long time um and i have been seeing stuff on instagram from a few people now who have got stuff ready to go um have you got your roll of film back yet uh, no, no, that would require that I complete shooting it and send it away. Uh, so yes, uh, in my ex- uh, in my excuse, uh, let let me dip here actually into my excuse bag in real time. Let's <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> see what I can come up with. Oh, the nuts. dog ate my pentax. Oh, oh yes, uh, uh, my excuse is I've just finished my whiskey. 
Okay, fair enough. That's a good excuse. Okay, well, I am going to say that the cutoff date for people, us included, to have photos taken and shared on whatever social media platform of your choice is going to be Sunday the 3rd of September so that we can then talk about it and judge the work and get somebody awesome in to judge the work for us on the following Monday or Tuesday whenever we record. So that's two weeks from now, Aid. That's two weeks. Um, that gives everybody plenty of... Neil, Neil Piper's on, done his second role of film. He's got some really nice stuff and he's got a good blog on his website as well about how he's been shooting macro pinhole stuff. Um, so that's very cool. Um, but yeah, there's been various, various bits on there. But if you are taking part in it, or if you want to, you still have two weeks to get out there, get some macro shots, um, share them on Instagram or on Flickr or... Um, Twitter's a bit more difficult, so don't do that. But Facebook will probably be okay. Or, or even just if you don't want to use any of those, email us your pictures. Um, all of these things are at Sunny16 Podcast or the Sunny16 Podcast group on Flickr. Um, get your shot shared with us. We're going to get somebody cool and smart who's better than us in every single way to come and look at these pictures and say which one's cool and how mine are better than everyone's um uh, those, those sort of people take a while because they're quite popular and they have full diaries <laughs> have you got anybody in mind or are we just gonna wing it <laughs> it'll be fine trust me have i ever let you down um i i am getting quite I, I've nearly finished my role of film. I was actually out shooting with that again the weekend. I found a great way. Because remember when I was saying, Aid, how, how thin the focus is on mine and how close I have to get to stuff. So uh, what I found is it's great if I'm in the van and a bug lands on the window, I can just take a picture of the bug on the window from like lean the camera on the window. <laughs> so, so I'm sure that's going to work out. Very I thought well. you were going to say because you are a white van driver. I thought you were going to say you know when I when I'm up uh, at the traffic lights behind a little old lady, you know I'm close enough I could just take a photo. <laughs> I would have to get far far closer than I ever want to get to a little old lady at traffic lights. Um, yeah, two weeks, guys. That's the cutoff date. Everybody says we need to be more organised. I'm now giving you a firm cutoff date. I'm especially giving you and Rachel a firm cutoff date aid of September the third. Have them shared by then. Mike Gutterman, you you've been told. I don't want any late photographs turning up this time. I know you've got some shots taken, so make sure they're all on there ready. Um, uh, yes, that is our call out for the cheap shots challenge. You have all had your final warnings. I'm very excited to see how yours come out, Aid, uh, especially Rachel's. They're going to be a terrible disaster, and mine are definitely going to be amazing. Um, and I'm also looking forward. To, I'm also looking forward to seeing what comes from um, Jella's from that. This is Jella after she threw down the smack last week in that lovely little bit of a uh, chat with Rachel. Uh, she sounds like an absolute delight. I, 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 I'm gutted I did not have the time to meet up with those guys because they just sound lovely. So, um, but I'm expecting to see some good stuff. You talk the big talk, you better bring the game. So. All right. Are you stopping for breath now? Because you've been going for a little while. Yeah. You got very excited there for a minute. Clearly, the uh, the competitive pressure is is uh, starting to to kick in, which is always a fun time. I love watching the way your behaviour changes at this time in a cheap shots challenge round. Okay. So while we all have a little chuckle to ourselves about that, we'll take a quick break and come back with a field report. Da 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 da.
Okay, so you heard last week, folks, uh, that uh, Rachel caught Corey on the hop a bit, I think, um, and said to him, oh, well, if you're going to be meeting up with Pat McGroin, can you do us a little field report? Well, Corey has totally come up with the goods and he has sent us how he's managed to do this in just a, a few short days. I don't know. I guess just an accident of good timing. But he has sent us a little... A, conversational piece uh, that he recorded in a cafe with pat whose real name by the way is tom uh, pat mcgroin is just a humorous nom de plume for the internet <laughs> at least i think it's that way around <laughs> <laughs> anyway right let's let's without further ado uh, here come Corey and tom so this is Corey Pinhole Cannon, and I'm here with Pat McGroin, which his real name is Tom, and we're in Asheville. Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah. How's it going, Tom? Good. Um, so, let us tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm Tom Doyle. I am an electrician in Local Union 238, and a father of two children, and I uh, am a very amateur photographer. So is Graham, so don't worry. It'll be all right. What do you um, What do you mostly shoot with? I, I like the... I've seen the night exposures that you do, and I really like those. Can you tell me something about those? Uh, those are with a Minolta X700, and I'll take a tripod out and, um, and just walk around different neighborhoods here in Asheville and try not to be seen by people because they're paranoid and think that they're probably a little bit more of a big timer than they really are and they don't like to have their picture taken so I'll hide in shadows with a tripod and take pictures of people at night what do you uh what's your the film you like to use um usually Fuji because they're about the main one that's easiest to find it's a higher speed 8 or 1600 speed film cool what other uh, what, what other cameras do you like um, I have a Mamiya 645. I don't know if it's a Super or a Pro. I don't know the difference. We're all um, pros. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're all super. <laughs> um, I also recently found, a, I use a lot of point and shoot cameras just because I take so many pictures that it's, uh, it's a little bit tedious and cumbersome to carry around a larger camera and try right. and focus on something in a spur of the moment um so olympus have a few conicas um that's pretty much it got a pinhole camera too right yes i do have that but that's a very not very <laughs> rare but it's uh i have to go out with the intention of only taking pinhole pictures and think of where i'm gonna go before i head out i can't really wing it with that one as much so how is um What's the photo scene, photo art scene like here in Asheville? Is it pretty busy? You guys have a, 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 a street photography scene kind of going on here or pretty um, mellow? I don't really know much about the photography scene here because um, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't really find a lot of people on, on Instagram that do it and I'm not on Facebook. So I... I don't know if there is much. I'm sure there is. It's a very artistic community, so 
I'm sure there's plenty of people that do. I have um, quite a few graffiti artists that'll tell me when they painted something and they want me to go out and get a picture of it and email them the results. Um, and I spend a lot of time in, in sewer tunnels taking pictures down there, long exposure stuff and exploring basic stuff yeah, to me cool. that's interesting. Just checking stuff out? Yeah. That's what matters. If it's not interesting to you, you know, why are you doing it? Yeah. So are you, do you, um, getting into doing any home developing or anything like that? Or are you still? I'm still kind of scared to jump <laughs> into that. So is um, aid. <laughs> <laughs> but only because our, uh, our, our sinks tend to drain kind of slow. And right. I don't know if dumping chemicals in there. Or, yeah. I don't, I don't know anything about it. Sure. So I haven't even watched a video. Um, I have kids running around the house. <laughs> and so I don't know how they would how they would react with me doing that or when I might get pulled off of something abruptly or when I'm trying to turn a canister, as it's called. Yeah. Is that what you do? You, sure, sure. You agitate it. So uh, I wouldn't want to get pulled off of that when I'm in the middle All of right. something. Cool. I have kids, and yes, I have to wait till everybody goes to sleep, so I know how that goes. But So, uh, that's pretty cool. So, what are you into um, as far as... Uh, how long have you been doing photography and what what kind of what do you like photography do you like to see? Well, I got back into photography as an adult when I first moved here to Asheville. Um, my mom gave me some kind of camera that I, I don't remember what kind it was, but I was just talking to her about it last week and uh, she was telling me how nice of an expensive camera it is and how it's really hard to find and it had a uh, uh, what's the lens um, Car Carl Zeiss yeah. Carl Zeiss, I don't know how to pronounce Zeiss. it but it had a Carl Zeiss lens on it it was, it was nice and I don't, I don't remember that but I was probably going to say Leica no, I, <laughs> no I would love to have one according to everybody else right um, but I, I I sobered up a couple years ago like three years ago and I needed something else to, to fill that time where I like to stay up late at night um, usually till two or three in the morning yeah and I would spend that time staying up drinking and and going out and probably doing things that aren't conducive to a, a healthy lifestyle and and I quit drinking and found a camera at my mom's house the Minolta SRT 101 and uh, had a macro lens on it and I had no idea how to use it. And I bought a roll of film that was black and white, like uh, 100 speed. And I think I went out and shot it at like 3200. I didn't know how to line up the light meter and every picture looked like it had been dumped in a bucket <laughs> of bleach. <laughs> Sweet. And it, was, and it was in Gatlinburg. So it was all these like- uh, the Tennessee? Yeah, yeah right. Smoky Mountain, Smoky Mountain people or just, completely washed out um, and I just learned how to use it from there and cool so yeah. I'm taking pictures and now I take probably three rolls a week which isn't a lot but that's more than gram it, it keeps me busy right do you uh, I mean everybody has a couple photographers that they really like as far as not influential but like you like to see now do you have anybody you know like I mean like I like Ansel Adams so I mean 
Um, I really like your pictures. Hey, actually. thanks. Uh, no, they're so, nice. no, seriously, <laughs> yeah, they're some of my favorite ones. Um, I always look forward to it. Um, and my friend John, he gave me a digital camera for my birthday about eight or nine years ago. And that, that actually is probably what got me back into photography. Yeah. Not film photography, but taking Getting pictures digital? in general. Yeah. Is your friend John on Instagram? He is. What's his Instagram? Um, I think it's John M. Finnerty. Okay, cool. Have to check him out. Yeah, he he doesn't take as much as he used to, but he's busy. He's got yeah. a professional job. We've been cool. best friends since fourth grade. Right Don't on. see each other much, but he's, he's there. My, he's my BFF. Yeah. yeah. Ride or die. <laughs> yeah. Killer. Well, like I said, we are in Asheville, and uh, I am Pinhill Cannon, and I came on vacation, and I tracked down Pat McGroin. And we've been talking to him, so if you're listening to this, then um, have fun. <laughs> Anything else you want to say? Um, no, ne- next time we should you know, rent out a studio, come up with some fancy, yeah, yeah, totally fancy digs to sit in instead of the board game cafe, yeah. But it works, so hopefully, we can uh, get some pictures from Tom and he can. Get him up on the on the Sony 16 podcast uh, on the Instagram, and you guys can check it out. But if you don't know him, check him out. He is at Pat McGroin on Instagram. So thanks a lot. Have take it easy. Bye. Well, I have to say that that was marvelously interesting, uh, slightly depressing, the funniest thing I've ever heard, the saddest political comedy ever, um, and it was deeply moving. Um, Graham, can you just help me? Yeah. <laughs> you've listened to you it. Listened. And at time of recording, I have not actually listened to this at all. So, um, you know, I, I feel like Krusty the Clown, you know, just like I hereby endorse this product or service. <laughs> no, it's great. I, I heartily recommend the shout out to check out um, Tom's work with, at Pat McGraw on Instagram because, um, as he said, he's out with his point and shoot a lot. And his work is a great look into the world where he lives and he funny we were talking about martin parr earlier and his you know often slightly um satirical humorous look out on the world and and a lot of um tom stuff kind of captures that because he's going around his local community and there's clearly in the community that is is a real mixed bag of areas there's clearly you know quite nice areas but there's also some um poor areas and uh yeah he, he is clearly drawn towards some of the more unusual stuff that's popping up in the poor areas, you know, random toilets um, out and about in the open and stuff like that. So um, definitely check it out. And thank you very much, Corey, for for doing that. And Tom as well. Um, it was a most entertaining. <laughs> it's nice to hear some good accents on the go there because we don't have accents. So it's good that they do for us to listen to. Cool. Excellent. Just um, for uh, the benefit of our listeners, um, there are quite a number of people on Instagram going by the handle of Pat McGroin. So do you know exactly which he is? Yeah, you're going to have to give me one second. <laughs> Beep, edit point. Because I have to find that now. Um, no, no, no. I'll just read because some of them are quite humorous. So there's okay, one called, you find there's, them. There's one called Please Pat McGroin. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> it's very polite. Yes. Uh, so that that's that's uh, humorous. Um, uh, oh, blimey. Yeah, there's, there's just a lot of people <laughs> who either have put their their Twitter, their Instagram handle uh, or their uh, or their real so-called real name um, uh, down as Pat McGroin. So that's um, it is it is difficult. Right. That's enough of me twittering on uh have you yet found which of the pat which of the many pat mcgroins we should be directing people towards yes yes i found instantly because it's seamless here it is pat <laughs> underscore mcgroin uh <laughs> with the name of francis dollarhide underneath he has a man of many names many names and maybe many faces maybe just the one face i don't know probably just the one face <laughs> okay awesome well thank you to tom and thank you to Corey uh for sending us that uh please folks if you've got anything like that you'd like to send us we would be more than happy to to give it a listen uh and uh i'm not going to say we're going to include everything in the show because that just invites disaster <laughs> but <laughs> we will include what we can in the show and we're always happy to hear from people be it interviews or or little sound snippets that you've just recorded yourself always uh, come and say hi always great stuff right uh moving on then um uh, to people who have actually taken the time to get in touch uh i believe graham that we have uh, uh, a good handful of emails for this week we certainly do i certainly do uh first one is from friend of the show john burns and titled holidays everyone's having holidays apart from me turns out Hi, Rachel, Aidan, Graham. I'm still catching up with the latest podcast, having been on holiday in Cornwall for a week. As usual, the weather was best described as mixed, but we had beautiful sunny evening at the Lizard Point while I had Kodak Ektar in the camera. I just hope I have done the film justice. You have touched on the scanning of negatives a few times on the podcast using a DSLR, DL, DSLR, for example. Yeah, we've talked about scanning a lot lately. I have a very old Epson 1660 photo scanner, which was launched in 2002. I use a Linux laptop. He's one of those. For my <laughs> photography work. And getting an old scanner to talk to a Linux laptop is just about impossible. Except if you use a piece of software called ViewScan. I paid for this software and parted with my own cash for it, which for a Linux user must have been like drawing blood from a stone. But it was... I'm sorry, I feel really bad. <laughs> I apologise to all Linux owners for throwing them under the bus like this. That bit, well, um, that, that bit wasn't in the email then. You just added that. <laughs> just, just, for the, just for the record, just to make sure that we everybody knows that John wasn't maligning everybody that uses Linux. No, that's all on me, baby. Um, when you buy a license, you can use the software on more than one PC, including Windows. The software has plenty of tweaks built in, but I tend to keep it as simple as possible and do adjustments after scanning. Um, and uh, John's included a link here to, drop, to download a trial version from uh, www.hamrick.com. Com. It costs about £70, but for me, it was a good investment. Um, I would just like to say I have in the past downloaded um, the app trial for ViewScan. Um, the, and this was a while ago. This was probably uh, at least a couple of years ago, maybe even more than that. Um, 
the only thing I found with it was that on the trial, they uh, watermark the living daylights out of all the images to stop, you know, because obviously it's the trial. They don't want you getting something for nothing. But it was done to such a degree that it made it very hard for me to actually judge the quality of the photographs that I was scanning. Um, and it just annoyed me so much that I didn't persevere with it anymore. Uh, um, so I said, that might be different now. Uh, and I've certainly read on uh, various forums that people use ViewScan and have been quite happy with it. I think it has more adjustments that you can make to it more easily than you can with the um, Epson software. Um, so anyway, a good good shout out to try out. Um, Anyway, John finishes up. It means I can scan my own negatives and generally get very good results. Any tweaks after scanning are usually done in the open source GIMP package. Um, free is always good. See, I told you. I flipping told you. Though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you ever used? Have you ever even looked at GIMP aid? Yeah, actually. Um, uh, I, it, because of the work that I do um uh for various different clients i often end up get, get, getting given a a client laptop that you know to use for you know sort of corporate security reasons uh, mm. and and actually I, I have gimp installed on my current client's laptop um you know because it is a great way of being able to manipulate images and graphics i mean even if it's just for a corporate powerpoint presentation which i have to do for my work yeah you find an image or 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 an icon and you can you can use gimp to change it i mean it's essentially you know it's an open source version of photoshop that's the whole premise of gimp isn't it Uh, i actually you know it's not got the most aesthetically pleasing uh uh user interface but it certainly gets the job done yeah, I again, I mucked around with GIMP many years ago um, when I was first getting into photography and I just found it so overwhelming because um, it, it, it wasn't and it was not the most um, instantly user friendly for somebody who wasn't remotely familiar with even using Photoshop. Um, I mean, I I only use Photoshop Elephants and Lightroom. And even in Photoshop Elephants, if I haven't used it in a while, I'm forgetting what thing does what. So GIMP was just like, oh, God, this is like me trying to crack a nut with a sledgehammer um, and failing miserably. But as you pointed out, it, it is a very powerful piece of software and it is free. So... Um, if you need that much power, then it's perfect. But... Mm. All right. Well, <laughs> hey, there we go. So uh, what have you learned of that? We've learned that for those that are having difficulty scanning, ViewScan is good and uh, is affordable. I just had a quick look at their website while you were reading through John's email. Actually, they have mm-hmm. two versions. They have a uh, the, the, the version that's about 70 quid is, is listed in US dollars. It's $90, but that's the pro version. Um, and that that is the bit that uh, apparently gives you the ability to scan slides. Um, uh, but there is a cheaper version, which is $30. Uh, I'm not sure what people would do if they had a scanner that didn't have you know, the lighting element in it for scanning negatives or slides. Um, uh, so I guess, uh, although it might work for almost any scanner, I guess you still have to have the right sort of hardware yeah yeah well i mean unless you're using the old light box trick which has been uh been the thing this is all the rage now with all the kids um so do you know what actually let's have a so let's let's go off on an almost a tangent then because i used for the first time this week i used film lab 
the oh, app yes. that, the app that Abe Fettig, who came on the show weeks ago, um, uh, uh, has now got to the point where he's got a public beta available on both iOS and Android, and there's been quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of twittering about this uh, uh, over the last week or two. Um, and I finally, 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 because I backed the Kickstarter, I finally, finally, finally got a chance to start to, to look at it. Uh, yes, possibly. <laughs> uh, although then I think I removed one of them. Um, but the, uh, and, and do you know what? I, I did it as, oh, wow. It's like, that's really easy. So, so I know that I think, at least I think I know from some of the, the written updates that Abe has given out to the community, uh, the Kickstarter backers and what have you, um, that, uh, he's deliberately switched off a, a bunch of the user interface features to to focus on the core engine, if you like, the core capability of it. So I downloaded it yesterday um, and uh, you know, got got a couple of eggs out, and um, <clears throat> I was really impressed by how quickly it worked, um, by how easy it was. I mean, you really do when you open the app, you really do just let it. Um, you 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 know. It, Use the 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 screen of your phone uh, to um, to fill the screen with the negative that you want to. Uh, or I guess slide, but I was using a neg. Um, uh, you want to scan, and then you just press tap anywhere on the screen, <laughs> and and it just takes it. It finds that it 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 found the edges of my negatives, um, and uh, it converted them to positives and got everything right and then all i had to do was save it into my camera roll um i was really impressed by that um that is something that if if he can maintain that you know um ease of use as he takes it through and adds back in the ui and stuff like takes it through all the robustness it needs to become a full full product then i'm yeah good work abe that's awesome. I saw Rachel um, has been mucking around with it. She's got an Android phone and she has been trying out the version on that and sharing some pictures on her feed on Instagram. And yeah, it, it looked like it did a nice job. There was a nicely balanced picture. Um, and it, it does seem like it's going to be a great way of quickly getting negatives that you want to share on something like Instagram because you know, the picture quality was fine for Instagram because you know, it's a small photo or just if you want to figure out which negatives you want to scan and which ones you don't just a quick proof yeah it seemed really good I'm, I'm really pleased that that project has come together so well um, it's fantastic because yeah it was it was a couple of months ago I think we spoke to Abe so it's um, yeah not long but yeah. uh, that's awesome and I can good see it, yeah I can see how for, for somebody that wants to use it in the way that you've just described described um i mean you know it could save them huge amounts of time um you know it, it really is just a few seconds um okay i had to go and get my you know my light pad out and and switch it on and you know that that it happens to live in a box just so it doesn't get trodden on and broken but um i mean that's only a couple of minutes but then each particular negative you know just just took a, a couple of seconds um so you know really good and and you know keep, keep up the good work eh? because that's going to be really useful and it's going to save people loads of times and i think you know anybody um <clears throat> who uh, uh, is uh, this is going to be a paid product of course and rightfully so but anybody who can has any concept of how much their time costs <laughs> is going to think that this is an absolute steal i think um so yeah good good stuff i mean i i if i was forced to say something about well okay well where's the rest of the development effort need to go um i did check 
the scan that I did, I, I chose a negative that I've previously scanned using my Fuji uh, camera, my Fuji digital camera on, on the light table. Um, and uh, whether or not I I scanned it with a Bronica lens or a Nikon lens, I can't rem I can't recall off the top of my head. Uh, the uh, the the picture that this beta version uh, delivers you is not as good as the multiple steps through Lightroom and Photoshop result that I got. But I don't think that is is measuring apples for apples for one thing and i know that uh, abe is continuing to work on all of the software algorithms that form the engine that that give you that image so i i, I you know i know everybody's expecting and abe is expecting to deliver improvements in that as well so i think this is a really great early beta product and i'm looking forward to seeing how it progresses yeah it sounds like a very useful tool very useful tool yeah give it a go I know well, you, you didn't back this Kickstarter, did you? So you can't. <laughs> I, I can't. I, and I don't have a light box either. So there's oh. a lot of problems in the way of me doing it. But never oh, mind. Okay. Never mind. All right. Well, just do what you're doing. You've got a scanner <laughs> that works anyway. So there you go. Right. On to the next email. Yes. The next email. Well, the next email is kind of not an email. The next email is just what you were talking about earlier. It's somebody sending us in a little audio clip. Um, now, we mentioned right at the start of the show that there are a, a few people who have recently started listening to the show and have um, started delving back through the back catalogue. And one of those uh, who is particularly notable doing it is uh, definitely new friend of the show, Andrew Bottom, who is um, at Warboy Snapper and at Warboy Snapper underscore pinholes on Instagram. Um, and he is going back through the And the great thing is he's getting in touch with us and giving us a, a running commentary as he's going along long and he recently obviously got up to the um the sunnies and the new year show and he has sent us a new year's message so uh, we'll drop that in now i'll leave you to drop that in there right <laughs> <laughs> here we go three two one drop in well hello sunny 16 uh, podcast it's uh, andrew bartram here warboy snapper across the uh, interweb i'm uh, Speaking to you from the Sunnies in 2016, so I think that's maybe episode 30, and really enjoying listening to you guys. Um, great result for HP5 and Delta 3200. Now, so far, I've not heard any voice shout-outs. Um, not sure anyone's been brave enough to do it, um, or stupid enough. So um, here we go, and um, I look forward to um, uh, zooming into the future and catching up with you guys. Happy New Year. Um, thank you very much for sending us that, Andrew. And as Aid mentioned uh, a f but a few brief moments ago, if you want to drop us a short voice message, we would love it. Just saying hello, who you are, what you like shooting. Um, if you want to, you know, this camera's the best camera in the world because of X, Y, Z, and uh, just anything. Just all we say is keep them you know, reasonably concise. And if and, um, yeah, like, like, as, like us when we're talking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Concise and to the point and, you know, always on the, the thing and never waffling on unnecessarily. Um, uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, if forget. you can. <laughs> I wasn't really listening, to be honest, mate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
So please do get in touch. More of that would be awesome. Right, next email is from new listener Martin Scarland. So Martin says, Hi, I have just found your podcast and I was just listening to episode 63. There was a bit of chat about scanning with a light box on a scanner. About a year ago, I was getting a little unhappy about my V500, which was okay, but I wanted a little bit more, but could not afford the V800, which does an amazing job. So I set up about making a solution. I bought a £20 copy stand. I'm not sure what a copy stand is. eh? Do you know what a copy stand is? I'm being very ignorant here. I'm not sure that I do, I'm afraid. Okay, well, I'm assuming it's some sort of thing for holding a thing. Um, I bought a £20 copy. (laughs) Yes, sorry, Martin, I am very stupid. Um, A £20 copy stand and made a light box using an LED ceiling light. I use it to basically copy NEGS with my basic entry-level Canon DSLR. It is very important to use a very sharp lens, um, and both my Canon lenses were not up to it, so you will like this aid. I got a Bronica 110 macro lens, and it is fantastic. Uh, It all cost me... Yeah, cost me about £100, and I use it for 35mm, 120 and 5x4. Uh, I'm sure if you had a better camera, the scans would be even better. So, I mean, essentially, um, Martin's doing the, what you're doing with the aid. He's got uh, got his um, DSLR, got a Bronica lens, although he's got the 110 macro lens. I'm guessing, Martin, you did not factor the cost of the 110 macro lens into that 100 quid because if you did, you got a really good deal on that macro lens because they're one of the more expensive lenses of the Bronica. Nice one to have there. Are they? How much do they go? I don't I not, don't really know much about that one. I mean, lens-wise, they're, they're not that expensive compared to some of those, but I think they're probably a couple of hundred quid because you can pick up the, the three basic lenses for the Bronicas, the, the 75, the 50mm, and the 150. You can pick all of those up pretty cheaply, can't you? There, You can grab most of those for under £100. Depending um, on which version you get. If you get the earlier versions, yes, absolutely. Uh, but the, the Bronica, there's about three main generations of Bronica lenses. Um, and they come with different price tags. Yeah. Um, but yes, the more um, uncommon ones, the price does go up quite sharply. So um, I will tag you in the um, 5x4 scans I have on Instagram and see what you think. And I did see some of those. There were some lovely pictures of uh, Martin's mother, and they did look really nice. They, they come out really well. Um, thanks for the podcast. I'm just going to go and listen to some old episodes. No! Um, so, uh, thank you. Thank and you that was the much. last we ever saw of him. <laughs> Amazingly enough, no, we've got another email coming up, so that's good. Um, the next one, oh, yeah, this, um, uh, this is great. This is a response to something we were talking about to an email we had last week. So, I don't remember, Aid, last week we had an email asking about um, the Queen's uh, photography and the camera she was shooting with and whether that was ever shared. So, Jack Johnson has got in touch. Jack's got in touch from uh, Alaska, um, which is great because the original question asker was in Hawaii and uh, now Jack's replying from Alaska. So we are really covering the breadth of the states. Um, Still listening to the episode. This is episode 63. uh, And I asked about Her Majesty the Queen several years ago and got an official response, which Jack has included. So I shall read it for you. Dear Mr. Johnson, thank you for your email. Whilst it is widely known that Her Majesty the Queen takes photographs regularly, I'm afraid that none of these are parts of the Royal Collection and we do not have copies. It is believed that the Queen's photographs are all kept privately. None, to my knowledge, have ever been published. 
with best wishes, yours sincerely, Sophie Johnson. Uh, and she was the curator of the Royal Photograph Collection uh, at Windsor Castle. How awesome is that? So um, there that, you go. It, that is awesome. Abs- that I, really is, yes. I, I love it when we get an asked and answered so efficiently as that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's disappointing that the answer is well, no, but at least we now know. So thank you very much, Jack, for getting in touch with that. That was awesome. I well, was I, really... I, yeah, go on. Sorry. Yeah, I, I'll, uh, no, I'll just talk over you. It's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, do you know what? I know. And I'm going to this is this is this is we as a listener. Right. OK, so some listener feedback for you um, from from the show. You were talking about the the uh, you know does anybody know of any royals uh who do photography and everybody's going oh no oh, no oh, no <laughs> right um and i was just screaming in my mind when i was listening to this um because there is a royal who it, um publishes photographs quite regularly um and that is uh the duchess of cambridge uh otherwise known as kate middleton or uh next to be queen after somebody else um and uh, uh, the Duchess publishes. So when you see the photographs of their children of uh, uh, um, uh, what are they called? George and uh, uh, Jeffrey and Bungle. No, <laughs> um, sorry, British joke. <laughs> sorry, what I meant to say was Prince George of Cambridge and Princess Charlotte of Cambridge. So, so yeah, they, I, I, and this is a, a, a part of the royal family, Prince William uh, and the Duchess, they keep their, their private lives fairly private, and especially with the children. But whenever, on the rare occasions you do see photographs published of the children, they are more often than not taken by the Duchess herself. Oh, that's awesome. I, I did not know that, but I'll be honest, I'm not... Uh, I, I could never have told you what the names of the, the duchesses um, children were. I would have quite cheerfully believed you that it was. Just in case, I, just, just to avoid me being taken off to the tower right now, that not <laughs> one of their children is not called Bungle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not yet, anyway. Um, to be honest, I was so flustered. I mean, as anybody who listened to the show last week may have realised that both Corey and I were confusing Grace Kelly with Gene Kelly. That was hilarious. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> I was like, Rachel, what are you talking about? You, you're an idiot. This is not right. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> uh, what are you going to do? <clears throat> I right. don't know, but try harder, maybe. Maybe that's what you're going to do. You're going to try harder. <laughs> Okay, I, I will try hard. Okay, the next email is from Mike Gutterman. And uh, now we... Um, Hang on, didn't we are, just have one from Mike? Uh, no, 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 that was from um, Mars. Oh, God, now you're throwing me. Oh, no, was, all right, sorry, my mistake, yes. Martin Scarland. Look, keep up, aid. And also we've got two... Yeah, it's fine. It's fine, everybody. We're professionals. Um, Mike gets in touch. Hey, guys. Thought you might want a continuous cutter, shutter sound to cover any longer expletives that may spew forth. Kind of a Duran Duran girls on film vibe going on here. This is my cheap shots camera, the glorious Pentax FN SF1N from the 90s, 80s, like Duran Duran. I could also be led to believe that this is the sound of the camera cussing at me to get off my ass and get some more macro shots for the latest challenge. Yeah, it, it is, Mike. Get on it. I will get some shots this week since I got robbed on the portrait challenge by being a day late on my suspicion, on my submission. Yeah, well, you know, day late, dollar short. You've been told now you've got a date. What kind of iron-fisted organisation are you all running around here? 
I mean, I mean, clearly, <laughs> that that is exactly how I would describe how we have been running the cheap shots challenge with a brutal efficiency and the iron rule of law. Uh, take care and keep the podcast coming gets me through the nights at the factory as I work as a human robot so this is perfect so we should address first off um a couple of weeks ago, we did get our first ever shutter sound sent in to us by um uh, let me make sure I get the name right here Niall Crowley and unfortunately. At the time, Niall sent it in. It was one of those M4As, and we didn't have the technology and gumption to convert it. So, uh, as anybody who listened may have realized, when it was supposed to be an ordinary shutter sound, Aid actually used the sound of um, a Polaroid, which is one we had back in the back. So, um, as we've now got that shutter sound, Aid, on behalf of Niall, I'm going to say that Aid, that was bullshit. So, now you can use that one to bleep out there. Um, but, but Mike's <laughs> Thanks, is. <buddy>. Uh, <laughs> And for Mike's is a longer one, so um, uh, yeah. What, so what? I don't. There was, there was curious. I'm going to go back and revisit this because I don't think it was just because we were sent an M4A. Um, because yeah, uh, my computer is modern enough to be able to deal with that. But I will go back and and look at it again and make sure that we're doing stuff that is uh, oh. that is sensible. Um, if All right. Means. Well, just to road test the one that Mike sent us, here's a sentence um, to go with that, uh, which is um, what you just said is a load of nonsense. Um, so we can test Mike's out. Where, where, that what are that? Should I beep out? Oh, I don't know. Take your pick. <laughs> so thank you very much. Keep them coming in. Um, and I'm going to try. Well, I'm already nagging some people. Well, some person. I'm going to nag some other people because um, I don't want to name any names, but Em's being really slack at getting back to me. So I'm going to try somebody else and see if they're better. Em, just saying. Hi, I'm Em from Emulsive.org. I like listening to the Sunny Six. Do I really need to read this out exactly as you've written it? I told you to just read the bloody script. Why? 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 <clears throat> I'm M from Emulsive.org. I like listening to the Sunny 16 podcast, and Graham is definitely my favourite host, apparently, because of his wit and sharp insight, rugged good looks that I like to picture whilst listening to an audio podcast. I also think that light meters are a waste of fucking time. Do I really need to swear? Hamish, just read the bloody script, you idiot. Liability. <clears throat> anyway, uh, so yes, I like listening to the Sunny Sixteen podcast. Um, <laughs> next email. <laughs> next email is from Malcolm Myers, who got in touch with us about the Great Scanner idea all those days back. Uh, glad to hear you're going to try the light box upside down thing with your scanner. Really keen to ha hear how that works out. Um, I did join the pixelated photographer forum, but it's very quiet in there. It is a little bit at the moment. I am up to about episode episode. <laughs> Got a lisp, guys. <laughs> episode thirty-seven, and you had a chat about the best five film cameras. I agreed with them, but another two that I think were very influential were the Canon T90, because pretty much every modern DSLR can trace its curvy shape back to the T90. That's that's um, a true thing, that is, yes. Mm, I've never used uh, one of the T90s. I was, I was, there don't seem to be that many of them around at a good price. I've seen quite a few of the, um, was it the T... 50s the the um lower level ones but um yeah th that's right they were the first of the black plastic blob um decade of cameras 
Also, the Minolta 7000AF, which was the first proper autofocus SLR. Pentax had a go with the ME-F and Canon with their T80. There you go, that was the other one. But the Minolta was the bell of the photography press for a good couple of years before Canon released their first EOS cameras. Oh, and I got that film retriever. Good job. Good job there, Malcolm. Um, still enjoying the podcast. Which, but if you've got to episode 37, then you're still enjoying it. Well done. Um, regards, Malcolm. Yeah, good shout out on both of those um, because I think they're, they're both cameras that n- neither you nor I have got any particular familiar with, but both really important <laughs> models, it turns out. So um, that was pretty good. Uh, and then... Um, just a follow-up then from Malcolm. Uh, again, thinking about the top five cameras. Thing, he was saying that maybe we can try and do uh, a five minutes or so on a pivotal camera of the past. Um, now, this is a kind of we did this a bit with the uh, when we talked about Polaroids a few weeks ago, didn't we? When we did our quiz. So maybe that's a thing that we could do again. Um, the reason, well, I mean, I'm going to speak for myself here. I think in some ways the reason that we don't do a lot of very camera-specific chat in terms of what the, you know a lot of the older cameras are and what they do is because uh, the fpp the film photography podcast already do that really really well um and and also there's another podcast um the classic camera podcast by um the guys up in canada who are much more focused on the gear stuff um so that's why we tend not to do quite so much of that stuff because there's people who know more about the cameras than we do talking about it in, in great depth but um but yeah you know if it's something that people would like us to try and tackle and you know let us know um uh we, we, the thing about that though as well is it deals in facts yeah yeah which, which means is not we, we, we just get caught out so many times <laughs> yeah, yeah we're not really overburdened with facts on this show currently Although what I was thinking this week, and I'm going to throw this open to everybody because um, I quite enjoyed that quiz thing we did the other week. And I thought, well, that, that's something I want to do it again in the future. But what we could do is if any listeners out there who are who do know more about certain things or have gotten their, their particular. <laughs> <could help>. <laughs> yeah. All right. What I'm going to say is if you have got a thing that is your passion, be it a particular kind of camera or a particular sort of anything photography related, and you feel like making a short quiz for us to have a go out ideally with some like other information to go with it so we can bulk on it just instead of just having the questions then let us know and you can you have to pick one of us to send it to so you can either get hold of um aid on instagram no wait that's wrong isn't it aid on twitter uh at sunny 16 podcast or at what's your instagram handle aid we probably ought to mention that every now and again my instagram handle uh i forget <laughs> no, Good. Uh, no, no uh, it's, it's sunny 16 podcast aid there you go um or me at the sunny 16 podcast on instagram or rachel at little vintage photography or you can email us uh, just get in touch with us send us a a, um pre-shot email to find out where the best place to send it but if you fancy doing a quiz for us to have a go at then get it to one of us and um we can do that and that might be quite a good way of us looking into more specific things um that's a very good idea yeah and, and, and everyone loves quizzes um, even when they do as badly as you did in the Polaroid quiz. Um, 
Perhaps Rachel could also do a regular slot on different processes like bromoils, platinum prints or tintypes, as I enjoyed her slot on cyanotypes this week. Very educational. I mean, I certainly would love to get Rachel talking more on the stuff like that. But um, obviously she hasn't done everything. So I'm not sure which of those things Rachel has and hasn't done. Um, but Mew, hopefully the where there are gaps, we can get people on in the future who have done stuff like that. So um because I would love to learn more about stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so thank you very much for those thoughts, Malcolm. It, it's always good to know what aspects people are enjoying and, and would like more of, um, or vice versa. Uh, then we've got the next email. That's not for Mike Gutterman. That's a gadget one. So I'm going to save that for your gadget one there, Aid. Uh, There's a lot of emails this week. Are we coming to the last one soon? We've got two more brief ones. We're doing well. Don't worry. Deep breath. Two more brief ones. <sighs> Hurry up. <laughs> everybody's everybody's getting bored not because of the quality uh, of the emails just because yeah there's the can i read an email can we do that yes instead? you can have you got have you got this have you got it in front of you uh yeah by the magic power of editing <laughs> yes i do right okay excellent here we go then so uh next one then Ma- i believe martin scarland martin martin scarland he's, yeah he's hogging the show this week isn't he well, he's had like literally one email previous to this. Go on. <laughs> it's more than I've had. Right. So he's, he, look at him in the cheek of him. He even starts off his second email with hi again. <laughs> <laughs> it's outrageous taking over our show. All right. Hi, Martin. Right. Hi again. I'm still wading through your back catalogue. Ah, that's where the madness comes from. <laughs> right. A number of years ago, I made a pinhole for my SQA. Oh, sorry. I should have said the uh, the email is entitled Bronica Pinhole. So uh, a, a Bronica SQA pinhole. Hmm. Basically involved a bob... A, 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 oh, that's why I don't read the email. <laughs> <laughs> a body cap, a copal shutter for a large format lens board and a pinhole. Those sound sensible. I was messing around taking portraits on Delta 3200 with flash. Awesome. Delta 3200 with flash and a pinhole. Excellent. That gave me a shutter and a flash sync. Okay. Is this the kind of camera abuse you would approve of? (laughs) I don't know who that's addressed to, actually. Um, If so, I will send you a picture for your amusement when I get home from work. Still very much enjoying the podcast. Excellent. Martin, we uh, I wholeheartedly approve of that. Using flash with a pinhole, using something that's basically uh, based on a a Bronica, I think that is absolutely uh, very, very sensible. Um, And I, I would love to see the photograph. Yes, send us a photograph and then we can share it on our Instagram feed as well. That would be great. And I only hope that your results were better than my disastrous results from my Bronica pinhole. Couldn't have been any worse, let's face it. You're going to read the last one then, Aid? I am. I, I am. I am. So, um, friend of the show and regular correspondent, uh, Dan Smith. Uh, Dan writes to us, hey, Rachel, Aid, and Graham. Oh, this is becoming the new order, isn't it? Are you all right with that? No, no, I'm not all right with that at all. Jeez, why do you think I read the emails so I can change it around on the go editing to make it sound dear Graham and nobody else? (laughs) Carry on. Hello. So let's do that one again. Hey, Rachel, (laughs) Aidan, Graham. (laughs) The last show was great as always. Oh, we'll we'll just stop there. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Dan. All right, okay. The last show was great as always. I absolutely love cyanotypes and would love to do more of this great technique. Maybe one day I will go out with a dark wallet 
full of sheets looking for interesting shadows. <laughs> That's an interesting <laughs> sentence, isn't it? That's I'm going to go out with a dark wallet full of sheets looking for interesting shadows. Is, it, is this well, a ghost story or some sort of period drama or something? Yes, it's very gothic. Actually, it's probably actually looking at the photos attached. It's probably both of those, right? Anyway, I thought you would like to see this great cyanotype T-shirt that my son's partner made using big digital negs. I think it's pretty incredible. He has made some other massive cyanotypes on sheets to drape over sculptures for a uni exhibition. So interesting to see. Unfortunately, he doesn't really share much of his work online, so can't point you to more. Take care, guys. All right. Thank you, Dan. So let's have a look at these photographs, which will be a great radio segment. Well, we can put them, we'll put them, these on the Instagram feed also. He says committing himself to a thing he will almost certainly forget committing to himself later. to stealing a photo, somebody else's photograph of somebody else's artwork <laughs> with, full well. of, with full accreditation. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It'll say Dan's friend's pictures. Okay, so uh, picture, if you will, dear listeners, Uh, there are two photographs, and these are of T-shirts that have been treated with uh, cyanotype uh, chemicals and then images printed on them. One, actually, is what looks like a picture of a Victorian gentleman who's just had an electric shock, Um, (laughs) and uh, and which is in a a sort of uh, frame, and apparently that is an image of Sir John Herschel, the pioneer of cyanotypes. Okay. Yeah, that's great. So a portrait of the creator of cyanotypes, cyanotyped onto a T-shirt. Because it, recursive art there, yes, absolutely. Now the second thing looks uh, is a lot more modern. Again, it's a T-shirt that's been used to create the cyanotype. This time, it is a uh, head and shoulders portrait of uh, a lady, I think, um, with uh, uh, makeup that relate that reminds me of the band Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've never been able to work out which of Kiss is which from their makeup. But if you think about the sort of black and white makeup for uh, you know, from the photographs of Kiss throughout their career, it, it, the makeup looks a little like that. These are really awesome. I will I will double check with Dan that it's okay, and if it is, then I will because it's his um, son's partner's work. Um, and these are obviously both yeah, of these. So, so you're trying to imply that if it was just Dan's work, you'd just do it? Oh God, I wouldn't give it a second thought. Um, <laughs> but these are obviously these are both really, really quite extraordinary pieces, and they're, they are actually you know these aren't just like some. <laughs> Rando t-shirts these are being hung as works of art in the gallery um so yeah they are well worth a look so hopefully i'll be able to share those on the instagram um because they are both very cool and i well i say it does answer the question of whether you can use cyan types on t-shirts although i'm not sure whether anybody whether these were made to be worn or whether they are made purely as um pieces of art but either way they're they're super cool i like them a lot i'd wear them i'd run the i'm, I'm probably cyanide proof anyway i just expect i am <laughs> do you carry dodgy chemicals around in your van for your professional yes. work yes absolutely do <laughs> none of them have killed me yet so yeah this is this is interesting isn't it actually because yeah especially from what i know of you because you are a man who regularly carries dangerous chemicals and petrol powered sharp devices mm-hmm. around around the countryside in a van visiting people's homes yeah yeah, if if I was ever rear-ended, if my van ever got smashed into the, it would be a disaster for everybody, <laughs> mostly me, admittedly, as all the sharp things and chemicals came flying forwards. <laughs> yeah, we probably wouldn't notice anything on the van. <laughs> no, no. 
well. Okay, all right. So where are we at? Uh, I think... Do you know what? It's awesome to have so many things to talk about and uh, the the way that I have deftly edited in all the little snippets and field reports and uh, sound bites, uh, I think is awesome to behold, listeners. I'm sure you will agree. <laughs> so, on that, so. so on that absolute high note, it's time to close the show. Now, those of you who are listening to this and have been guests on the show know that I'm really rubbish about it, at this and I'm pretty sure that I've talked about it on the edited versions of the show. And if I haven't, then Graham has. That I very rarely get through this phase of the show, the close, in one take. Now, I listened really, really carefully <laughs> to last week's show <laughs> where Graham was closing the show. And I'm pretty convinced I heard a couple of edit points. So you're going to come clean, mate. Uh, no, I think I did go through. If there's anything edited out, it was purely me probably saying something terrible about another human being that might have had to have been removed. But no, I did. You know me well enough to know that I'm not going to let something as small as messing it up completely stop me from just putting it out the way it was. Heaven forbid. Carry on. If you were a carry-on film, you would be carry-on regardless. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> this is what they didn't pay for. This is what they get. Either that or you'll be carry on up the Kyber. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and there's your Sid James laugh. <laughs> Everybody that's not from the UK, go Google Ealing Comedies. Right. <laughs> All right. You can contact us on the internet, uh, as we've mentioned in several places today, but let's all do the roundup. You can contact Graham on Instagram, Sunny16Podcast. You can contact me on Twitter. And you can contact Rachel on Facebook. Uh, we'll no doubt ask Rachel next week when she's back uh, from being too busy working to do the show. Um, didn't last long, did she? Um, to, Slacker. Oh, I know, prioritising work over the podcast. Not good enough. Wouldn't catch me doing that. <laughs> she's not going to pass her probation, is she? <laughs> <laughs> no, she's not. That three-month trial's coming up. Oh, okay, unless she really works the whole Facebook thing. Anyway, right. Okay, sorry, Rach. Um, Flickr group, Sunny 16 podcast. But um, very, very importantly, as you've seen it feature, or heard it, I should say, feature today on today's show, sunny16podcast at gmail.com. Send us your field reports. Send us your shutter noises. Send us emails about gadgets to, to contribute to our upcoming gadget show uh, we really really want to hear from you as always we like to say thanks to chris at pixelatedphotographer.com for hosting the podcast for hosting the forums uh, uh, and thank you to rocha uh, rachel's band uh, it was good to hear last week if i was listening carefully enough graham that you used a different soundbite from the ones i used to do uh, which was interesting and good to hear some more of their music. Their album, Promises I Could Have Kept. Sorry, Promises I Should Have Kept. <laughs> Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Oh, was that somebody <laughs> else's band? <laughs> their album, Promises I Should Have Kept. Uh, you can get that on Amazon or iTunes, which is the end of the show in one take. Is there any other business, Mr. Jago? No, if there was, I would have interrupted you mid-flow because that's when it's most effective. There's no point doing it at the end like this. In which case, goodbye. Bye. Bye.